Welcome to Fire and Water, Coming of Age in This Age with Quinita Robertson and Tennyson Wood, cultivating wise leaders, one show at a time. This is Tennyson and Quinita's conversation on grief, part two. The question that came up in my mind when you were speaking is this question of, can I be me here? Yeah. You know, um, because I think that's so connected with grief, because I think we walk around with so much grief. Mm maybe constantly because of the need to tend to the garden. Right. And I often will joke that my job is to travel the planet and make people cry. <laughs> and I, I think part of that is that people know. I think we're smarter than we often give ourselves credit for. Mm. And we know the spaces where we can do that. Yeah. And so what I find is because I'm a person that holds space like that for people often, Mm. then people find me mm-hmm. like you know I'll travel and I'll meet somebody and I've just met them and there was one time where I was at the Greyhound bus station standing in line and this woman in front of me starts telling me about her daughter who just died of cancer and just is you know like it finds me everywhere and I think because we are looking for that space mm. and looking for those places where we can feel it and release it and let it go and somebody can bear witness and hold space for us. Mm. Another thing that came to mind when you're speaking is there was a death in my family years ago. I remember the night that it happened, someone had taken their own life. Mm. And the night that it happened, it was a question for me about whether or not I was going to go to be with family that night. And what I decided is that I needed to go. And mostly because during those moments of death, I think, we allow ourselves space to grieve. And what I found is oftentimes more than the grief of that moment comes through. For me, the answer was yes, because I felt like I get more access to truth and feelings and presence in my family in those moments of grief than maybe I do every day. Mm -hmm. And so I needed to be there. I needed to witness Mm -hmm. them. That is, in the words that I'm hearing you speak, that is more than the grief of the moment. There's something more, almost like there's, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a damned pool, a damned bit of the river behind there. Exactly. It starts to come through. Yeah. Yeah. Of, hey, we're we're softened by softened mm-hmm. by our grief, or by the experience, or maybe even the experience of being together in that. Yeah, and I think those moments we you were talking earlier about having permission. Yeah. I think in those moments we feel permission. Yeah. Right. And so then it opens up a doorway mm-hmm. for more of the grief that's stored in us mm-hmm. to be right. released and to come out. More than the meal that you thought you were ordering. Yeah. 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 Wow. And I would say my relationship definitely has changed from year to year around grief, you Mm -hmm. know, around, I see grief very differently now than I did when I was younger. Yeah. Some of that is the learning between learning about the difference between Mm -hmm. sadness, grief, suffering, all of that. Mm-hmm. learning the need to empty out yeah you know before there's room for more to come in and that grief doesn't come by itself 
Like I get really in my coaching clients, my coaching clients know that like they'll start crying and sometimes I'll start smiling (laughs) and I start smiling because I know that the grief doesn't come by itself. Like they're getting more access to joy Mm -hmm. because it comes together. And so I just get really excited for them because it's like, for me, it's like, Oh, they found another key, (laughs) you know? And it's really quite sweet to me actually. Yeah, you're really highlighting something that's been uh, present for me, especially today, thinking, knowing that you and I would be speaking and sharing and thinking out loud together in this context, that um, uh, we live in a lot of avoidance of grief. We, I almost feel ingenuine saying that. I definitely live in an amount of avoidance, and I know I'm not alone with that. It was another piece that really caught my attention from the Francis Weller book, which is around the, he names it the two sins of Western civilization, two primary sins, one being amnesia, forgetting, and the other being anesthesia, meaning going numb. And it does, it does feel to me like there's a whole lot of noise and there's a whole lot of cultural pattern that, that almost shames us for our grief. Like, well, I'm almost afraid to say that out loud, actually, but to some extent, then there's a way in which we're we're just like taught to stuff that down. If I link it back to something you said earlier, the you know, suck it up and and man up, or I don't think that's restricted to just men also, but uh, something about the like the the value of get your get your stuff together, get yourself together and never being able to come anywhere close to being less than that or falling apart. It sounds weird to say all of that because of course all of us live in a less than perfect version of ourselves. But even that language, you know, the, 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 the thought that not having your stuff together is less than perfect and perfect is the ideal. Whoa, wait a minute. Perhaps we should stop and just re-examine that a little bit grief as a way to, if I try to bring it back to what you were just saying, as a way to get to some of the other stuff that comes with it, that just feels so, so like real and human with one another. And maybe challenges the, you know, the value of, well, try to block all of that stuff out. Are you kidding me? (laughs) I think that's what you, that's what I hear you pointing to. Well, because I think that we tend to put value on emotions, you know, and being human is all of it. It's being able to feel all of it, but Mm -hmm. we put value. We say these are good emotions and these are bad emotions, but the emotions don't care. Either you have access or you don't. And so I think of the growth of our access to emotions as the shape of a a sphere. Mm -hmm. And so where we tend to block the growth of that sphere Mm -hmm. is the emotions that we think are bad emotions. Yeah, right. But if we're willing to go deeper into those, we get access, more access to all of them. Mm. And so the joy, the happiness, the whatever it is that we consider good emotions, we get more access by being willing to feel the ones we view as bad emotions, because that's where we block it. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's, it's a matter of, 
how much access do you have for your emotions? Not necessarily how much access do you just have for grief or just have for joy or just have for whatever. They all come together. Yeah, with a, like an awareness and acceptance. Uh, oh yeah, that's what this is today. Yes. Yeah. But because we've deemed grief as being bad, mm -hmm. you know, we we block we we that's where we block our emotions that's where we dam up so Quinita, are there are there other questions you're asking yourself these days in relation to grief and mm -hmm. other insights that you're finding these days in relation to grief i i think for me and grief you know one of the questions that I always have for myself, because I tend to walk with a lot of people through grief, mm -hmm. is how do I keep myself open to access, number one. Yeah. You know, um, because it is sad, mm -hmm. um, I tend to want to avoid it too. <laughs> and mm -hmm. how do I keep remembering, I guess is the word, how do I keep remembering the necessity of it? Yeah, right. You know, how do I keep remembering um, the sweetness of it and that it is part of what it means to be alive? You know, you spoke about the numbing. Mm -hmm. It's so many of us, when we're walking around numb, we're not living. Mm -hmm. And so how do I keep access to life and what it really means to be alive. Mm -hmm. Do you have something that you're noticing or learning or wanting to question more around grief? I don't know if it's anything different than what we've said so far, but I can feel the stirring within me of, of uh, some more layers, like the, the, the layer of avoiding things. Um, hmm. yeah it, it, it feels like it's a bigger story here but some something about the kind of story that storyline that we've created in much of western society around western society i don't know if that's even accurate it might be it might be north america mm-hmm um, but we've created a story around sort of an unending progress and a trail populated by one success after another after another. And <laughs> it's sort of missing the, you know, the messiness of things or the widely shared messiness of experience that, that we have if we're human. So it's funny how, ah, that's interesting. Like grief, grief, some criteria for grief can be enculturated into us. In other words, mm -hmm. you're not living the norm too bad. And of course there can be sadness and grief around that. I notice as I say that, it, there's a part of me that just says, whoa, but wait a minute, who said that story was true? So the story that welcomes an inherent messiness and yes, sadness and grief 
Like, even though our grieving, we human beings, we may not, we may grieve in different ways and we may grieve about different things, but we can definitely have the shared experience of what all of that is. <laughs> and just underneath that, it feels like, can we meet each other in those vulnerable places? Like I'm kind of getting excited yeah. about the idea and everything, but yet I also realize there's there's moments, you know, I can I have them in my own life of yeah, I I can't even go there. The 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 emotion and the resistance to the emotion is just too much right now. I think we tend to think of grief as destination and not as process. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, get over it already. When am I gonna finish grieving this? Instead of it's a process, it's a, it's a journey that the grief that we go on on a subject around grief and that, you know, we feel different parts of it at different times. I think about my children and their grandmothers both died when my children are younger. And as my children grow up, I see them experiencing that grief of the loss of grandmother in different ways because they're different in those different levels. Mm. And I think that we tend to have that, at least I I've seen that in my life where I have a different relationship with grief depending on where I am. You know, my mother dying. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, I, there's not a point I don't guess in my life will all have hit the destination of being done with grieving for my mother dying. Right. Yeah. You know, that journey is part of my relationship with my mother now. And the other thing I was wondering about and that just kind of came up in this conversation for me is how fear shows up in my life around unfelt grief. And I don't mean fear of the grief. I mean, fear of whatever that thing is that I've attached to the grief. Mm -hmm. So whether it's um, um, a loss of, of something that then I avoid, <laughs> because I haven't done the grieving over the loss of that thing, you know? And the, the connection between um, fear, especially because one of the things I've been sitting with is this question around what if fear isn't a warning, but an invitation. Mm -hmm. Nice. And so like maybe sometimes fear shows up as an invitation to go deeper into our grief. Yeah, that's good. I, I mean, I just connect to it in a, in, a, in a broader mystery kind of way. I'm very oriented to the mystery, as in uh, there's more unknown than known. There's more unseen than seen. These are things that you and I have shared before. Uh, but I'm very oriented to the mystery. So the mystery of what it means to be an individual, including our relationship to grief, to the practice of grieving, to the process of grieving, to the ongoing tending of the garden kind of stuff, to the willingness to even look at the at the garden, um, that that has of course inherent mystery slash unknowns in it. When I think at the layer of uh, families or groups or teams or communities, there there remains a giant mystery in all of that. And being able to be, this feels connected to me, be in relationship with the mystery is required to also be in the relationship with grief and what it is. I don't, 
I don't know what it all means, but it, you know, it seems like something is important here to be able to follow it. Mm -hmm.